Welcome to Break the Stigma, a podcast where we aim to destigmatize the topic of mental health one conversation at a time. My name is Sanjana, and today we will be talking about the mental health problems that LGBTQIA community faces with Ryan Cabote. psychology student at Santa Barbara City College, as well as a CEO and founder of Mental Health United, a student-run nonprofit mental health organization dedicated to driving the culture of mental health from awareness to action. Thank you so much for joining us, Ryan. Thank you so much, Stanjna. This topic is really important to me because I am a huge advocate for underserved communities, mainly the LGBTQ plus community because I am a part of that community. And I would like to use this platform to spread awareness and encourage people to take action for their own communities as well. So thank you for having me. Of course. And to get started, according to Mental Health America, around 4.5 of the US population identifies with the LGBTQ plus community. Of those, 39% have reported having a mental illness in the past year. That translates to nearly 5.8 million people. Additionally, according to the American Psychiatric Association, LGBTQ plus individuals are twice as likely as heterosexual cis individuals to have a mental health disorder in their lifetime. Why are there such prominent mental health disparities in our society? One of the main reasons for this would be the stigma and discrimination that the LGBTQ plus community faces. Ryan, could you tell us a little bit about your experience discovering your sexuality? Did you face or do you continue to face discrimination for your identity? Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for that question, Sanjna. And I believe that this question is quite prominent in the LGBTQ plus community. A lot of people have different answers. But as for me and my experience, I did grow up in a Muslim and Filipino household, which was quite conservative for the most part with the Asian culture that was present as well as the religion, the Muslim culture that was also present that did not allow me to express myself, did not allow me to showcase my feminine behavior that I was developing. And for the most part, especially with my father, I had a difficult relationship with him, mainly because I, whenever I would showcase feminine behavior in the house, he would always tell me not to do it because it was some sort of taboo that we had in the house. And I would always have to act manlier, speak a lower tone of voice, for example. And I was not able to, like I said, express my true self in the household, in the house because of these conservative ideals. And I would also experience discrimination like you stated in the question and would be called the F slur in English and my native tongue, which was Tagalog, my Filipino language by my own father. And it was, a difficult experience to deal with not only physically but mentally because I had to keep all of these thoughts inside. I, I could not, like I said, showcase who I truly was and I was basically hiding behind a mask and 
that's the same case for people with mental health disorders and people who are dealing with gender dysphoria and any anyone else really in the LGBTQ plus community. And I just hope that a lot of people can relate with my story, but going, going forward with uh, this story, I was also given the conservative household and restrictive household that I was in, I was unable to share my emotions, was unable to share my mental health problems and issues that I was going with, uh, going through. And it was mainly because of the culture that the both the Asian community and the Muslim community that has fostered in my parents' ideals that did not stress the or emphasize the conversations regarding mental health. They would not talk about mental health in general. And it was another taboo thing, like I said, that they would not and could not talk about at all whenever you bring it up with them. And that's something that is a big issue that I am hoping to change with my organization and just with activism and all of the work that I'm doing right now. As for your first question regarding how I discovered my own sexuality, it was mainly just through social ex experiences and experiences with friends. I never really fit in with the standards of the typical straight dude in middle school and would always hang out with my my girlfriends in middle school. I would always be that one guy in the girl group. And it was a it, it was nice because they, my friend group was accepting of my own sexuality and that's where I was able to showcase who I truly was. And that is a homosexual man. And I did realize and had those types of feelings when I was in middle school, but I never fully realized it until freshman year and came out to my friends and told them about it. They were super supportive and it was nice to have that support from them, that emotional support from them and physical supports from them, aside from the lack of support that I was receiving at home. And I feel that a lot of LGBTQ plus communities can relate with having another emotional support system other than their families, especially those who are, live in conservative households and who are people of color, for example, that don't necessarily or can't necessarily express who they are because of what their family grew up with and that intergenerational conservatism that has passed down throughout the years. So overall, regarding your question, I did face a lot of discrimination a lot at home. And it was it was a bit difficult to deal with mentally, like I said. And I do see I, I am quite I I'm not to say if I'm not saying that my experience is as bad as others because I know that a lot of people go through the same thing and I hope people who are listening to this can relate to me and who may be even going through worse things and I know and I just want people to know 
who are listening to this podcast that you, of course, are not alone and you're not going through this experience alone. And there are people like myself and your guys' organization who are fighting and working to help the LGBTQ plus community in any way possible and providing any sort of resources for those communities because we all need to come together to help each other out and and go through our struggles together and help each other's struggles out. So yeah, thank you for that question. And I know my answers was a bit long-winded and I went a bit off on a tangent, but yeah. No, that. No, thank you for that. Um, you know, it really takes a lot of strength to come out and talk about your past. And, you know, you were so strong for being in such a homophobic environment, but mm being able to you know rise up and find your identity regardless of the obstacles you faced and to anyone else dealing with discrimination in the lgbtq plus community um i for one i'm so proud of you um whether you don't you're not able to see that pride um depending on what environment you're in or what circumstances you're in i am personally very proud of you and i hope that someday we can just spread awareness on how toxic this conservatism is and how badly it impacts so many youths mental health it's just really damaging and mm -hmm. which is what i actually wanted to ask have you i know you've seen other people struggle with mental health problems within the lgbtq plus community but how obvious were the signs were there any just obvious telltale signs or did you only notice when they straight up came and told you hey I'm dealing with this yeah yeah of course and I to be frank I did not know until they told me and they vented to me and consoled in me about their mental health problems in especially in the LGBTQ plus community and it is difficult to see these signs and to know if they are going through something because mental health in general is something that you can't see unlike physical health where if you for example you get a cut and you can automatically fix that mental health is a different story and it's something that it's it's hard to work around and it takes a while to to see those signs but like I said I have seen those problems and I am trying to work on I am, am trying to work on finding better ways and especially using the training that I have like mental health first aid training that I've had to help my, uh, myself and help others to see those signs and and help the community as much as possible. Right, that's why I sincerely support the initiative that your organization, Mental Health United is taking along with so many other um, student organizations and nonprofits mm -hmm. that are actually bringing to light um, all the various mental health issues that um, several communities face. Mm -hmm. But um, in general, like as a society, do you think that schools and your city are doing enough to deal with the issue of not only mental health in the LGBTQ plus community, but just mental health in general? Right, right. Yeah, I think that that is a great question and that is still something that 
communities and as a society we are still working on there's still a lot of work and progress to do I definitely do believe that there is progress being made with pride month being held in June for example and using that to provide as many resources as possible to LGBTQ plus communities uh, with also the nonprofit organizations being started just for mental health or uh, mental health nonprofit organizations started by students or even the specific LGBTQ plus community organizations that cater to those communities or even the BIPOC uh, organizations like the Black Lives Matter movement. All of these organizations are working to help destigmatize mental health and drive that culture of mental health from awareness to action. So I definitely do think that we are making progress. However, there is still a lot to be done. There's still a lot of action to be done, especially with what the, especially with what society in general has built over these years with the stigma of mental health and how it's a bad thing to have, for example, or in the LGBTQ plus community with coming out and how that is a dreaded, a dreaded event that a lot of people have to face and go through. I definitely still think that we as a community in general need to take more action. And that's what my organization is trying to do Mental Health United with our Awareness to Action initiative and what Break the Stigma, for example, is also doing with your guys' podcast and your various other initiatives. And hopefully we can get to where we want to be, but we're definitely still quite a, a long way there. Right. I mean, I totally agree. I mean, as I know for the U.S., uh, same-sex marriage was only legalized just a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. But I think that now just being LGBTQ plus is finally becoming more accepted with our society. And mm-hmm. with that, you know, the mental health problems um, are starting to decrease a bit. You know, just, just being closeted in general as in a toxic environment is like, as you were saying before, with your personal experience, it can really take a toll on you, both mentally and physically. Mm -hmm. So I'm, but I'm really glad that um, we as a society are starting to find ways to improve the topic of mental health and Mm -hmm. normalization of all these issues. Um, So Mm -hmm. I did want to ask, what has helped you personally deal with these mental health problems? Yeah, yeah, of course. Great question. I have... Obviously, I would like to preface that my experience and what has helped me will definitely not apply to everyone else. So just wanted to preface that as well. But if you do want to try and say that some things haven't been working for you, I just hope that what has worked for me could possibly be a alleyway or a pathway for you to try and go. But definitely for me, what has worked for me is I have started meditating and meditating 
and breath work especially does a lot to help calm me, especially when I am stressed or anxious about certain events or homework assignments, for example. And meditating in general, I just have to find a place to sit for a couple of minutes. I look up a one minute or five minute YouTube video or even a 10 minute one, however much time I have. And it helps me set up for the day. And you don't even have to meditate whenever you're stressed. You could even meditate as a hobby because I feel that it can definitely recenter your thoughts and help your help you recollect your thoughts because that's what it has done for me. I've also learned that accepting whatever that may be, acceptance of the stress, acceptance of, oh, okay, I have a, an assignment due, I accept and come to terms that I have an assignment due in an hour, a couple of hours. I feel like that also helps with recentering your thoughts because it allows you to it allows you to come to terms with whatever event that you're in right now, whatever stressful event, anxious event that you're in right now and allows you to be in the present moment and I think being in a present moment in general is another tip that I have to just be there and and another thing that also helped me and that I have actually been doing for quite a while is journaling, whether that be through typing my thoughts online or even writing it down or even just writing about my day and how it is. And it, it's in a way a personal vent box that I use because sometimes my parents are unavailable to talk to me or my friends are unavailable to talk to me about my certain emotional problems that I'm going through. And so journaling is another route that I take in order to let out all of these thoughts that are roaming around my mind, which I'm sure I, I hope a lot of people can relate to as well that we do have these thoughts roaming. So journaling definitely helps to just word vomit anything that you have in your mind and helps you again with the recentering and then lastly uh i believe that taking action for my mental health instead of just providing awareness to others is something that i am currently working on and that has helped me significantly and one way in which I am taking action was the, the, the ways that I've listed like meditating journaling but I also encourage therapy I know a lot of people and there's a lot of stigma behind therapy because it is something that perhaps you don't believe that you need the therapy or you think that it is a bad thing to go with whatever stigmas there is around therapy I would like for you guys for you or for those who are listening to dismantle that and to let's destigmatize the therapy because therapy is so helpful. It imagine just having someone that you could go to all the time to talk about your your problems and actually working through those problems. 
journaling is one thing where you can word vomit and you can say whatever you want to say, but how, how are you going to be able to work through those problems? And that's where a therapist can help. So I definitely have quite a few ways. I was wondering, Sajna, what, what has helped you perhaps with dealing with mental problems and if you can relate with me? Oh, I mean, your advice with uh, journaling, especially that really uh, touched me the most because like right next to my desk right now, I have like four journals stacked up <laughs> fully ready. <laughs> so journaling is totally my thing. But besides mm -hmm. that, I think the best way for me personally to deal with my mental health is just to talk to other people, whether it be my online friends, like uh, on Discord, <laughs> or just, you know, talking to people in real, in real life, or even FaceTiming them, because just having someone you can talk to, I know that therapy is a really good option. And I think mm -hmm. if you can get therapy, get it. You do not need to be, I, yeah, like you were saying, there's just such a stigma mm -hmm. with receiving therapy. People think, oh, people who go to therapy are only severely mental, mentally ill or have a bunch of trauma. Like, mm, I mm. think everyone could get a therapy checkup now. It's yes. like a yearly doctor's visit, you know? Um, mm -hmm. But besides, yeah. if you can't find therapy or you just are unable to receive it for whatever reason, depending on the circumstances you're in, mm -hmm. um, talking to people, for me, just works the best. Whenever you mm -hmm. vent to someone or on paper, I think mm -hmm. just letting those feelings instead of just keeping it and drawing it up and it'll explode eventually. So it yeah. release it yeah. somehow. So yeah. Um, I, I do wanna echo that and actually add one thing that you mentioned regarding a checkup. Therapy is exactly like a like, you know how you have mental health or physical health checkups every now and then with your doctor, you have your physicals with your doctor, you check in with your doctor every time you have a cold. Same thing goes for mental health, where if you go to therapy, it is just like a mental health checkup. It doesn't matter what the severity is of the situation, regardless if you have for example, physically, you have a small, tiny cut, you put that with a Band-Aid or you go to the doctor to check it out. Same thing goes for mental health. It's, <laughs> I just want to reiterate that for people and would like to echo what you just said and, and support what you just said, Sanjana, because I think that that was a great point that you made. Thank you. I, I, I totally agree. You know, therapy, communicating your feelings, talking about mental health is just something that, you know, you can't keep inside within you. You mm -hmm. have to talk about your problems. I mean, I know person to person, some people like to, you know, they're more shy talking about personal problems. They can only express it to a few people, which is why um, seeing a therapist, seeing it from a professional standpoint, because some people are simply uncomfortable talking to family or friends or simply cannot for whatever reason mm -hmm. there finding a therapist is definitely the best way and i know that your advice was more specific to um you know the lgbtq plus community who mm -hmm. is also dealing with uh stigma around their community along with mental health issues 
but me as an ally, I found that the advice you gave very helpful and I will probably Mm -hmm. be following it starting. (laughs) But that actually prompts my next question. So what can allies like myself and the rest of the community do to help with for the LGBTQ plus community and what initiatives, you know, should we take? Yeah, yeah, of course. I definitely have quite a few that I think that we can do to help with the community and the initiatives that we could take. And that's to just start with taking action within your local community. And you can go to the local LGBTQ plus center and how you can get involved. So whatever city that you live in, I'm sure that they have an LGBTQ plus center nearby. And if you guys don't have an LGBTQ plus center nearby, why you could also start one. I wouldn't say just maybe start a large organization automatically, but if you have a few friends that you are open and you guys are all allies and would like to help out with the LGBTQ plus community and take steps to help with the LGBTQ plus community to start a little group, a, a little support group so that you guys can all support each other. And eventually you, maybe you could got, maybe you guys could grow as an organization together. There's also your local Planned Parenthood. I know that they have HIV slash AIDS testing. So a lot of people in the LGBTQ plus community deal with sexually transmitted infections, sexually transmitted disorders. And what you can do is volunteer at your local Planned Parenthood and learn more about those types of disorders and how they, and diseases, correct me if I'm wrong, (laughs) diseases, and learn more about them and volunteer in your community, in your Planned Parenthood. I believe that that is also a great route to go. And just volunteering at your local organization, nonprofit mental health organization, nonprofit LGBTQ plus organization like Mental Health United, for example, Break the Stigma, and any other... (laughs) big organizations, for example, like the Trevor Project, which can help with, which provides resources for LGBTQ plus communities, and also even go as far as becoming a Trevor counselor, which is basically like a crisis counselor, but catered to LGBTQ LGBTQ plus communities, or even in general, just a crisis counselor in general, because I think that that is also great a great route to go. And in general, just educating the younger kids and the younger generation about this topic, about LGBTQ plus communities, about mental health issues, about anything that you are passionate about regarding mental health, just educate them so that these future generations can teach the other generations and we can slowly unravel and slowly break down those intergenerational stereotypes, there's intergenerational stigmas that have been built upon society for such a long time and work towards that progress that I've stated before and dismantling like the stereotypes regarding LGBTQ plus communities by researching, educating people and in general just telling people that 
it is okay to be who you are and okay to love who you love, especially the younger generation, because they are going through this and they are figuring it out too, because everyone deserves love and everyone deserves to be loved in this chaotic world. So, yeah. Right. That was, that was so much great advice and resources you provided. And I hope to the people listening this, whether you're in the community, an ally, or just a random listener who somehow found our podcast, um, I hope that you can get involved in any way, even if it's just something small, like, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like on social media, especially when the pandemic uh, hit, there had been so the rise of so many student organizations and nonprofits that are working with mental health and the LGBTQ plus community. And there's so many resources and ways you can get involved, even if there are nothing in your area, you know, maybe you could take the initiative and start an organization like Ryan said earlier, or you could find organizations online like Mental Health United or Break the Stigma Mm -hmm. and get started on that. I mean, there are plenty of ways you can help out with your community and break the stigma of, you know, mental illness, break the stigma that's within the LGBTQ plus community. Mm -hmm. I mean, our world is crazy, but (laughs) there are a lot of ways that we can help out and better society. So conclude, thank you so much, Ryan, for coming on here and sharing your experiences and giving us advice for us allies. And thank you all for listening to Break the Stigma. And Again, thank you for coming for today's episode, Ryan. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And uh, hopefully we get to speak again soon. Yes, of course. I'd love to. Um, Before we go, please show some love for our podcast by leaving us a review. Stay tuned for our next episode.